0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of DTO Playbook Podcast. This is Shane Hosh, your host, and this is the podcast where we break down the ins and outs and ups and downs of being a director of therapy and inpatient rehab. This episode is about functional outcome measures or FOM scores. Uh, this is an episode that I've been excited to bring and tape and teach. Um, it's been a couple days that I've been looking forward to it, so I'm excited to finally get to the mic and bring it to you. So functional outcome measures, why is it important to DTO? I mean, we look at every admission, we look at every discharge, we're in team conference, we're hearing updates, and usually those updates are a summary of of functional outcome measures or FOM scoring. So you hear that abbreviated functional outcome measure as a FOM, so probably for the rest of the episode, I'll refer to it as FOMs. We have two sides of FOMS, self-care, which is usually done by occupational therapy for the most part. And then we have mobility scores, which is also um, usually done by physical therapy. So I say usually because nursing can take down some of these FOMS scores at admission. And there's some crossover between uh, PT and OT for tasks like picking an item up off the floor or toilet transfer. But by and large, you can think of self-care as OT and mobility as PT. Inside of FOM scoring, there are updates that are issued by CMS to address questions that facilities and therapists have sent in so they can issue some some clarification on how to properly score certain scenarios for patients. So I do recommend you follow up and find those documents and read those. You should become an expert on FOM scoring as a DTO because your team's gonna come to you and ask questions about how to score certain scenarios and you'll wanna have some answers for them. So I'm gonna cover some of those common areas that we've seen come up at our IPR and uh, hopefully that'll help build your foundation in FOM scoring. So the first point is is FOM first. So we wanna get our FOM scores first before the patient has the benefit of our services as therapists, therapists are notorious for just overlooking how much we can help a patient without even realizing that realizing that we're helping. We often talk with our hands. We coach and teach with our hands. We we facilitate and guard and guide and and encourage with body language, our words, and our touch. So we want to pull back from that because we do want to get their their ability scores before they have the benefit of our intervention. And that's not saying don't help people out, just score them before you help them out. So if I was going to simply help a patient out of bed, I'd ask them, hey, go ahead and, and come on out of bed. And then I would I would score them based on what their current ability level is. But I'm still at that point, I say, OK, check, check, got that score. Now I can say, hey, try to put your hand over here, roll onto your side, push up with your elbow. Let me guide your feet off the edge of the bed. That's fine to do, but just don't score that. If we score that patient's ability level with our help, we're, we're actually doing a disservice in some ways to that patient because they're going to show that to score much higher. And that's going to affect their length of stay and how long they can stay in our hospital and let us help them get better. So get that FOM score first before you teach, train, coach, guide, help, facilitate, cue, all of these things. Get, just score it first and then jump in and help them out. And that would exclude our physical assistance. So the FOM scoring is based on how much physical help that patient needs to complete the task. We wanna get that score before the benefit of our services in respect to education teaching training coaching not our benefit from lending a hand and helping physically so that's an important distinction to be made point two start in the middle and work your way out start in the middle of that scale which is did i have to help that patient more or less than half so if i was helping that patient out of bed did i physically have to exert more or less than half of the effort to help them get out of bed If it was more, then I know that score is going to be a a 1 or a 2, depending on is it dependent or max. If I help less than half, then that score is going to be a 3 or a 4. If I have to be near the patient, so a 4 is supervision, contact guard, verbal cues. A 3 is I have to help, physically help in some way, but I don't help more than half. I help less than half. Scores of five or six are higher level scores where either we're setting up the environment or that patient is modified independent to complete the task on their own without assistance. And we'll talk a little bit more on some of those points between a four or a five and a six here as we go through other aspects of FOM scoring. So for that one, just start in the middle and work your way out. So do the task and simply step back and ask yourself, hey, did I have to physically help more or less than half on that task? and then start to work your way either higher or lower in the scoring system point number three the two shall become one so if it takes two helpers then that shall become one as a score on the farm scale one is dependent anytime you need two helpers it's going to be a dependent score or a score of a one two helpers, and it could be just in case. Maybe I go and get a PCT to come in and help me because I think that this patient may need help um, from a second helper to get out of bed. Turns out when I was in there, they didn't need that help, but because I thought I needed it and I went and got that PCT to be in there, I needed two helpers. If It's easy if the PCT chips in and helps a little bit, then it's an obvious two helper situation. But even if you think you need a second hand to get in there, In in help that still counts as a a one so the two shall become one Okay, the next point point number four is that mod. I the score of six mod. I can be slow and ugly Mod. I doesn't mean you're perfect mod. I doesn't give a guarantee that something bad might happen Mod. I just means that you can do that task safely at this time when I'm rating you So slow and ugly, let's break it down. Slow means they could take longer to complete that task than what they want to or what you want them to take. It could be two, three times slower, but if they can still complete that task safely, they can be mod I. It doesn't mean they don't have room to improve. They have room to improve. That's why they're gonna go to home healthcare or outpatient so they can get better. The ugly part means that their style points the way that they do it might not be the way that they want to do it. They might walk um, with more of a limp. They might walk and occasionally drag their toe. But if they can walk with that limp and drag that toe or use that walker, and they can do it safely, they can be rated as Mod on Discharge. They're going to continue again to go to outpatient or home health and learn to walk without those deviations, and many times learn to walk without that walker, maybe progress from the walker to a cane. They got room to improve but for our purposes when they leave inpatient rehab they can be rated mod i and still be slower or not have the style or technique that they want but that's why they continue on with care at the next level if somebody is in that supervision range many times we, we hold them at supervision 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 until the last day of discharge and boom they're they're mod i If somebody can progress to Mod-I sooner in that stay, don't delay. Progress them to Mod-I, particularly if it's coming up on a weekend. If that patient is going to leave on Monday and the last time you're going to see them is on Friday, then try to progress them in as many areas as you can and score them as accurately as you can on Friday so that way you're setting up the weekend staff with the layup they're gonna look at your scores on Friday. And this is many times the first time that weekend staff is gonna see this patient. They gotta see him, do the DC scoring, do the DC notes all in about an hour. And that's a that's a big ask for any of us. So help them out on Friday, update the FOM scores, give them a layup and say, hey, this patient is mod I in these categories, because if you leave it at supervision, they're most likely gonna leave it at supervision too. So if you feel like you can, progress that patient to Mod-Eye sooner. Don't delay, progress them, give that weekend therapist a layup and let them knock it out of the park. So when you come in on Monday and review that discharge, no updates are needed and they're ready to rock and roll and go home that day. Okay, so Mod-Eye can be slow and ugly. That was a long one. Number five, similar tasks should yield similar scores. If, If we see toilet transfer, embedded chair transfer, One's rated by OT and one's rated by PT. Those are pretty similar tasks. I would expect to see a similar score on both of those measurements. So that's one of the quality checks that you can do is to look at scores between two different therapists and say, hey, do these match? If they don't match, then let's have a conversation and get on the same page. So similar tasks should yield a similar score. Other similar tasks could be um, lower body dressing, and uh, toilet hygiene, because you have to bring the britches up and down for both of those tasks. So we could get a similar score on both of those. If one's rated really high and one's rated really low, that's going to be a conversation to go back and have with the therapist and say, hey, what's going on in these two scenarios? Because I'd expect these scores to be pretty similar. So other tasks um, that are similar should see similar scores rated between those. So point number six, one step prep for going home. If a patient is going home, they are at least gonna go up a single step. Very rare would a house be flat and level with the sidewalk. It may not look like the wooden curb that we have in the gym, and it may not be as high as six or eight inches. It might be two or three inches. It might just be the threshold at the front door, but if they have to change elevation, even two or three inches, that's still a single step or a curb. So we need to go through training, with that patient to help them go up and down a single step. So one step prep for going home means don't leave that curb training out. At least address the single curb if they're going home. It would be inappropriate to to not address it and rate it as an 88, meaning you have a medical or a safety concern because we know as soon as they go home, they're gonna have to to at least go up a small threshold or a small step or a small curb to get into the house. So it should be a scored item and in in very few instances would that be an 88 if they're going home ambulatory. Number seven is one helper plus 1% of help equals a FOM score of two. If, if you can help a patient to complete a task on your own, and that patient helps even the teeniest, tiniest little bit, then that still bumps them from a score of a one, which means they didn't help at all, or you had to have two helpers. But now you're down to one helper, which is you, and that patient helped just maybe they pointed their foot as they were putting on uh, the, the shoe. But if they helped just the tiniest bit, even though you did a, a bundle of it, then that still counts as a FOM score of a two. So many times you can progress from a FOM score of a one to a FOM score of a two pretty quickly. Okay, next one, point number eight, don't paint FOM scores with a big old brush. So don't look at one score and say, okay, let's, let's take gate for example. So they score uh, on gate, if all of them are scored supervision, then that's kind of a, a quality checkpoint to say, well, walking 10 feet in a straight line is a lot easier than walk in 150 feet with turns in a corridor so they really sh- shouldn't be scored the same maybe they're actually mod i for 10 and 50 feet and maybe they are supervision for 150 feet but i wouldn't expect all three of those scores to be the exact same because the difficulty level in those tasks are also different another example would be uh, bed mobility in and out of bed and then maybe bed to chair transfers All those tasks are really inherently very different. If they're all rated the same, then I'm thinking, man, that therapist might be painting his FOM scores with a big old brush. So let's go back and look at them. Rolling in bed, there's no real risk for falling. Um, Getting up to sitting at the edge of bed or laying back in bed again, they're still in contact with the bed. That risk for falling doesn't really come in until you leave the bed to go to the chair. So maybe bed mobility is all mod I, but then bed to chair transfers would be supervision. So don't paint farm scores with a big old brush. Point number nine, rain, rain, go away. Come again, another non-DCP day. If the weather is bad, meaning if it's raining outside and we can't go outside, we can still test uneven surfaces inside the gym or inside the building. Is is a rule of thumb that we kind of use in our IPR is if they are going back to uh, assisted living, but they're primarily just gonna be walking inside or indoors, we'll at least wanna test carpet. So we'll go to the classroom or we'll go to, we have some some rugs by the pool hallway, so we'll go in there, but we have some spots where we can get off the the hard floor onto carpet. And that qualifies as uneven surfaces according to some of the CMS interpretations. Now, if they're going to go back home and they live on a relatively flat area, then we can break out that red tumble mat and have them walk across a softer, squishier surface in the gym, which would be more difficult than carpet, and kind of trying to simulate walking in grass. So that that would be somebody going back home, they're going to be getting in and around the yard. Now, if they live out at Canyon Lake, which by us Canyon Lake is a very hilly area, I wanna make sure I'm getting them up and down some inclines and seeing how their balance does when they're going uphill or downhill or on cross slopes. So we can use that incline slope that we have in the gym, which is probably about two or three times as steep as what ADA would recommend for a ramp, but that's gonna get them on some uneven surfaces that we can rate and score. And it's better to have a score than to say, oh, um, that was a a 10, it was an environmental limitation. So I couldn't really get a score because it was raining outside. Um, no, Fooey on that. Let's do a simulation. It's very clear. The last CMS clarifying document, we, I queried and said simulation. I think it came up over 70 times in that document. That is very clear that we can do a simulated task, which is way better to get a score than leaving a score or to, than using a non-use score of a nine, an 88, a 10, or a seven. So rain, rain, go away. Come again, another non-DCP day doesn't mean much for us because we can still score that patient inside the house without ever going out in the bad weather. Okay, point number 10, I don't want to do it and you can't make me. So sometimes patients refuse. If this happens, rather than rate 07 patient refused, we can look back and say, okay, did they do this task in the last two or three days? If they didn't do it with me, did they do it with somebody else? And we can use that score Um, We could do a simulation if they say I don't need to go to the potty I don't want to go to the bathroom, and I think it's dumb that you're asking me to do that Then we can say okay, let's just simulate Standing and getting ready to go to the bathroom and doing all the things Let's reach all the way down Act like we happen to reach to the floor and come back up and stand in place and or if they say I don't want to take a shower Well, let's go through all the motions that would need to be part of showering and do a simulation so we can at least get a score Uh, And we could note in the comments, hey, this was based on a different staff's uh, rating or this was based on simulation. Um, It's not an actual task performance score. But it is better to get a score than it would be to say, let's use an 07 or a non-use score. Point number 11, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. Don't get me wrong on this. It is better to use the patient's actual clothing that they typically wear. When scoring them on upper and lower body dressing, however, if they don't have that clothing available, you can use clothing from your extra stock supply of mismatch odds and ends clothing. You can use some of the the pool shorts that you could still work on threading and pulling and balancing to uh, don and doff clothing. Again, better to get a score than to use a environmental limitation score of a ten in that particular situation. Um, Next one would be point number 12. I can't find my car. If they can't find their car, if their car can't come up to the rehab hospital, do a simulation of a car transfer in the gym. Go through the techniques, go through the steps, go through the sequences so they know how to approach that car and how to get in and out of that vehicle, even if their car is not available. There should be an asterisk on this. If they have, um, if they drive a monster truck or if they drive a low rider, then we want to make sure that we're getting those extreme situations that we do make accommodations to get that vehicle up there so we can go through it with them prior to discharge. Because the type of vehicle that they drive is so extreme, we need to troubleshoot that with them or make arrangements to get a different car that they can safely get home in. Okay, point number 13, will you open this for me? In the cafeteria, we use ketchup packets. Uh, We have tiny cartons of milk that are even tough for me to open. So we don't want to score a patient, okay, they're set up for eating because I have to open up everything for them. We want to get that score based on the types of containers that they would be using at home. So the containers that they can use at home, if they can open those by themselves, instead of being a score of a five, they're going to be a score of a six. So the fact that they need help to open up containers that they're not gonna use at home shouldn't count against them. Let's get different containers up there and test them on containers that are more similar to what they're gonna be using at home. All right, point number 14. If you DNF or tap out for legit reasons, rate it as an 88. DNF is did not finish. So tap out is, um, if you can't complete, it's it's probably famous from MMA fighting. If If you tap out in the fight, that means you're done. So if our patient DNFs or taps out, um, then they're done on that task. So for example, if if our goal is to try to rate 150 feet a gate and they only go 100 feet, and they say, that's all I got, I'm tapping out, then we can't score that because they didn't complete the task. So we could score 10 feet, we could score 50 feet, but for that 150 feet gate score, it's gonna be an 88 because they they stopped early. And that could be from a, a reason like okay, it's starting to bother me. My pain's kicking up higher. It could be I'm short of breath. It could be I'm tired, fatigued, I'm nauseated. Um, But it should be related back to a medical reason why they had to tap out on that particular task. But anytime they stop short, then we're gonna score that as an 88 um, because we have medical or safety concerns with their ability to be able to finish that task. Lastly, point number 15, a tie goes to the runner. This happens very rarely that you're just torn between two possible scores. So my guidance on this would be on evaluation, the tie goes to the runner means score them lower on evaluation only if you're torn between two scores. Don't mishear me and say score low on evaluation as a general theme. That is not true. If you are stuck between, I don't know if that was, min or mod or mod or max, then score them the lower score on evaluation. Conversely, on discharge, score them the higher score. So based on whether it's evaluation or discharge, if you're stuck between two scores and you just can't make up your mind, let the tie go to the runner and let that help you to decide which score to give them. So one more point I'd like to make, and this is a little bit of a bonus point, and it's it's based on the FOM scoring scale. So if somebody comes in in their max assist and they can help a a little tiny bit, but it's still a heavy max, that's a score of a two. And if we get that patient, as a therapist, if we get that patient from a heavy max and we can get them to standby contact guard assist, that's a rating of a four. We moved them from a two to a four. That's a two point swing, but we feel like we moved mountains, we feel proud, we feel good about the work that we did. But then that supervision, Standby contact score of a four to get them to mod I is Going from a four to a six that's a two-point swing But we don't feel nearly as much of a a feeling of accomplishment to take them from a score of a four to a score of a six We'll diminish that 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 change but still mathematically That's a two-point swing whether we're moving mountains to get somebody from a heavy max to a standby or if we're going standby to mod I, both of those are two-point swings. I want you to look at that even though you feel accomplished and proud, and yes, you did a great job for that patient, don't stop at that point. Keep pushing all the way to the mod I because I think with just a a bit more emphasis to try to progress from supervision to mod I, you'll see an additional two-point swing. And mathematically, that's the same two-point swing that we felt so accomplished and proud of Feel that same way when you get somebody from supervision to Mod I. And remember, Mod I doesn't mean perfect. Mod I is not a guarantee. Mod I just means they can do it safely. It can be slow and ugly, but they can do it safely. So get them to Mod I and have that be your goal to get them ready for Mod I at discharge too. So that's the ins and outs of FOM scoring. This is going to be something that's going to be part of your feedback to your therapist. This is going to be something that you see every day on admissions, on discharges, in at least weekly in team conference so go out there learn all you can about FOM scoring be the expert in your facility on the scales the ins and outs of the scales team up with your director of patient outcomes the two of you combined with the chief nursing officer are going to be the trio that create your FOM rounding team to help look at your scoring in-house to ultimately make sure you're being accurate and consistent with your scoring and it's factoring into your PEM scores and your top 10% considerations. Um, But all of that starts with knowing your FOM scale and knowing the ins and outs of your FOM scoring. So thanks for listening to this episode. Um, If you have any questions, please reach out and we'll see you again in future episodes of DTO Playbook Podcast. Thank you.